Hi, friends. Welcome back to the Proverbs 31 Ministries podcast, where we share biblical truth for any girl in any season. I'm your host, Kaylee Olson, and I'm here with my friend and co-host, Meredith Brock. Well, hi, Kaylee. It's great to be back with you today for another great episode of the podcast, and I am so excited to introduce our guest Today, we have the incredible Crystal Evans Hurst with us. She has been a part of our writing team here at Proverbs for years. Um, She has written, I don't know how many books she's written. A lot. A lot of books. (laughs) Um, She speaks at countless events every year and comes from an insanely cool family who loves Jesus. I think everybody, in order to be in her family, you have to be a preacher. I'm pretty sure that's a prerequisite. Probably. Um, Crystal's here today to share a teaching that I know. Y'all are going to love. It's called Three Things I'd Tell My Teenage Self. Oh, boy. Isn't that exciting? Are you, I'm very excited about it. But before we, before we get into the teaching today, I would love to just start out by asking you, what's a fashion trend from your teenage year that you wish would never make a comeback again? Oh, you know, I was a teenager in the 90s. Uh, okay. Crystal, you're, you're here with us. Can I ask you this on yes. air? Are you comfortable with this? When were you a teenager? <laughs> Well, first of all, I feel like I'm in good company because I was a teenager in the late 80s, so it's uh, close enough to the 90s. Yeah, totally. Oh, Absolutely. Absolutely. So for <laughs> me, when I started thinking about like fashion trend of my teenage year, I'm kind of freaked out that some of them are actually happening. Uh-huh. Uh, they're like really like mom jeans right now. Yeah. But I appreciate the mom jeans. Like I'm kind of wearing mom jeans right now, so I don't want that to go away. I'm into the mom jeans. I don't appreciate the fashion trend, and I'm sorry if you're listening to this and you're wearing this right now. I, we can still be friends. I'm not judging you, but when I was in the 90s, everybody wore those crop tops, Yeah, and I'm seeing them come back, Kaylee, and I'm like, nah, this mama who has had two children ain't wearing one of those. Not today, folks. Yeah. Well, we also work at a nonprofit women's ministry, and I'm pretty sure if we showed up in a crop top- They um, might send us home. Hello, Barb Spencer. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway, okay, Crystal, tell us something that you wish would never come back from the 80s. Oh, my gosh. Well, in the early 80s, if I can reach back that far, culottes was a thing. Oh, and culottes. everybody wore culottes. I forgot about now, I culottes, remember, Crystal. I don't even know if it was because I went to a private school. So I thought, you know, we had to wear, can you imagine wearing culottes for your volleyball game? That's what we had to wear. <laughs> no, stop it right now. So, honey, full gear, full <laughs> gear, hot, sweaty, in culottes playing volleyball. Y'all wearing so culottes in your school, and the girls culottes. in my school are, like, sporting the crop top. I think we came from different sides of the track, Crystal. <laughs> I, just had to, I just had to Google what culottes are. How do you spell that? <laughs> Amazing. Okay, okay, okay. Mine on the other end of the spectrum is low-rise jeans because I'm— Y'all remember, Kaylee's the young in here. I'm the young in here, so I was in high school in, like, oh— five to oh nine and low-rise jeans i just think back to that and the fact that like whenever you zip your pants it literally takes point zero zero two seconds because it was a one-inch zipper never again never again lord jesus please never again it's just i don't want that to happen (laughs) yeah i don't want that real glad that the culottes 
the low-rise jeans and the crop tops. They can stay in the past. They can. I'm I'm a a fan of the big hair, though, so here we go. Yeah, you are. Anyway, (laughs) let's let's transition into some of our teaching. But now that we've all gotten to know each other a little bit here. that's um, great. I love it. I am actually very, very excited about what Crystal has to share with us today. But I do want to preface this by saying that you don't have to be a teenager to listen to what we're going to share today. Um, I feel like, you know, at Proverbs 31 Ministries, we always talk about biblical truth is biblical truth that can be applied to any season. And so you guys like settle down and listen into what Crystal has to share, because I guarantee you, you're going to be able to take something out of this and don't think back and regret maybe what you didn't do, but think about what you can do with this information in whatever season of life you're in today. So without any further ado, I want to give the reins over to Crystal and let her give her teaching. Listen, I'm so glad to be with you all today, and this topic and conversation is near and dear to my heart because, because how many of us wish that there was something we either had known when we were teenagers or had believed when we were teenagers? Because it's not that we hadn't heard it. We'd heard it. Um, The information was there. We just didn't act on it or act Mm -hmm. as if we believe that it was true. Mm -hmm. So the three things that I would tell my teenage self have a lot to do with stuff I knew that I either didn't internalize or I didn't act on. Um, The first thing I would tell myself and try to beat into my head if I could was that it's true, Crystal, you are loved as you are. How many Mm -hmm. of us either in those years or past those years, 20s, 30s, and 40s, look at ourselves in the mirror and see something we don't like, Mm. something we wish we could change, something that we're frustrated with. And in doing so, when we look at the mirror, instead of seeing what there is to love, we focus mostly on what we'd like to change, Mm. uh, what we wish could be different. And in doing so, do not appreciate the gift that we are. The Bible says that we are fearfully and wonderfully made, that there is no one like us. We know this by the fingerprints um, on our fingers and a lot of other ways that we're uniquely designed. Yet and still, knowing that there will never be, nor will there, nor has there ever been someone just like us, we still look in the mirror and find something that's wrong. Mm-hmm. If we could instead rehearse the fact that just as we are with our imperfections, God loves us. Mm -hmm. That would change the way we operate because even when you make a mistake, there would be such a high level of Mm self-compassion. I'll learn. I can try again. There are some things I can change. There are some choices I can make. Mm -hmm. When I was in um, college, I had the moment um, when I was 19 and found out I was pregnant. Of course, I wasn't married. And um, beyond the teenage years of the normal, I don't like my nose, I don't like my face, oh my gosh, why can't my hair do this certain thing I want it to do, beyond what would come after that, which is, man, I don't like my situation, I'm a single parent, and man, there's a lot of things I would like to change. In that moment, my double blue line moment, you know, the pregnancy test gives you those two blue Mm. lines, I just thought, I don't feel very loved right now. I'm disappointed in myself. There are people who I love who are disappointed in me. But here's what I learned, because that moment has almost now been a few years removed, you know, 20, 30 years almost. Um, Just because you don't feel God's love in any particular moment doesn't make his love for you cease to be real and true. 
But if you for just one moment decide that your feelings trump the fact of his love for you, it could very well play out in your life based on the decisions you make because you're not willing to act on it. Mm -hmm. So I want to challenge first and foremost listeners of any age to remember this truth that Isaiah 43, four says you are pressured and honored. You are precious rather and honored in my sight. And I love you. That is true. Jeremiah 31, three, I have loved you with an everlasting love. John 15, 16, you didn't choose me, but I chose you. Regardless of who you are, where you are, what you see when you look in the mirror, or choices that you see in your life when you survey the landscape of what you've been living, you are precious and honored because he says so. You are loved with an everlasting love because he says so. And even when you're not choosing him, he's still choosing you. And that is truth that um, exists apart from your feelings. Mm -hmm. So what does that mean? If you believe that you're loved as you are, you can choose to live loved. What would you do if you believed that you were loved? How would you respond? How would you act? What would you try? If you believe that the God who did not carelessly create the stars in the universe and who also knows how many hairs are on your head and sees every sparrow that falls in the field, if that same God knows you, and cares about you as you are, what would that change? Mm -hmm. It might change a dating relationship that you're in because if you believe that you're loved, is this what God who loves you wants you to be doing right now relationally? Mm -hmm. Would it change how you perceive your time in his word? Because time in his word isn't a chore. It's time to spend with someone you love. So since God loves you, we can hasten to the throne and crack open our Bibles because that's what we do with people who love us and whom we love. How would it change the level of excellence at which you operate? Because somebody who loves you and sees the best in you wants you to operate as if you see the best in you too. Mm. The second thing that I would say, apart from believing that I'm loved as I am, is that I am precious cargo. There isn't anyone like me, but I have to participate in the process of my journey, in the process of the person I'm supposed to be. God doesn't just make me and then say, okay, you're loved, the end of the story. He says, because you're loved, because I've given you the gift of life, because I've given you gifts to steward and to manage, participate, sharpen your brain by going to school, Um, learn how to love better by learning what it means to love sacrificially, give, grow, change. And by partnering with God, by doing my part to steward well what he's given me, that's my participation. Mm. I was um, in a uh, car and we were headed back, my husband and I with five kids from Houston. We live in Dallas about four hours away from Houston. And my husband usually does most of the driving. And I'm so grateful because then I can sit in the passenger seat and do whatever I want to. (laughs) But, (laughs) But he was tired. And about 30 minutes outside of our exit, he said, do you mind driving the rest of the way? I said, sure, no problem. So I drove and about 20 minutes out, I'd already taken the exit to get to our home and I'd stopped at a light. Um, I was so tired. That heavy feeling of your lids and they just want to close for a second. And so I decided to do that, let them close for a second. 
it felt like a second. Mm. However, when the police officer was knocking on my driver's side door and woke me up, I was totally disoriented and confused. Um, I wound down my window window because, you know, I'm a good citizen. And he said, do you have any idea how long you've been here? And I said, no, just a moment. He said, well, I don't think that's correct. And I I actually don't know how long you've been here either, but it's been long enough for more than a few people to call the um, police station and say, there's a lady who's at a stoplight and she's either drunk or dead. Y'all need to go check on her. Oh, wow. Wow. And so I apparently had fallen asleep at the stoplight with my foot resting on the brake. And he said, who's in your car with you? And I said, my family. And he said, have you been drinking? I was like, no, I have not been drinking. I'm just sleepy. And I just took a break. And he said, and he looked me in the eye and he said, ma'am, how far are you away from home? Because I'd explained that we were on a road trip. I said, I live 10 minutes away. He said, well, I'm going to need you to wake up because you're carrying precious cargo. Mm. And so my family is back. He said, the only thing that is stopping you and them from being in a horrific situation is your decision to stay awake in your life, Mm. to stay awake at the wheel. And for many of us, we fall asleep at the wheel of our lives. There's nothing wrong with routine and every day and rhythm. But for many of us, that routine rhythm and every day has lulled us to sleep and we are not paying attention to the time that's passing. We are not paying attention to the dreams that we are not grabbing a hold of. We're not paying attention to God's voice as he may move in our circumstances or in the people that we know to call us into something new or different. We're not listening. And because we're not listening, being attentive, we're missing what he's asking us to do. Many of us know that there are certain things we should do. We know, for example, that we're supposed to be a nurse and go back to school, but we've been lulled to sleep by paying the bills and doing all the things that are required for daily life instead of getting out of that rhythm just a little bit to make a change. Many of us know in our marriages, we've been lulled to sleep because this is the way we've been acting for the last five years. We pass each other like we're roommates, like, you know, roommates in the night, we get things done, we um, communicate, but this is not what I've dreamed of marriage, but I've gotten used to it. And anything else seems like a lot of work. We've gotten used to the clothes that we wear. And we know that God has called us to take care of our temples, but it sure does take a lot more effort to push back the plate than it does to pull it close. Mm. And because we don't see our lives, the different segments of our lives as precious cargo, we just kind of sit there waiting. Mm. But waiting on what? Because while you're waiting on whatever it is that God has already convicted you of or impelled you to do or to move forward and change or choose, Your time is ticking, and the minutes that we have for the moments that we make are the most precious thing that we have, because it's in these minutes that we live in time that we determine how we live out the moments of eternity. It is your job to participate consistently and intentionally in your life. So if you don't choose to be alert and attentive, it's easy to drift, to fall asleep, to let other people make decisions for you, or even because you fall asleep, cause or be affected by a collision. The process of starting your life starts right now. So for that teenage girl, don't, I mean, you know, the fashion is great and the grades are important and your friends matter. But don't be lulled to sleep by all of the things that demand your attention right now, because right now won't always be right Mm -hmm, now. mm -hmm, Your journey, the person that you're going to be when you're 40 or 60 or 80, her life starts 
now. Mm. And so this idea that you've got to wait until you're grown to start your life, oh my, if that's not a lie of the enemy, I don't know what is. And that's why, because if he can steal away your teenage years, he might just have stole the next 10 to 15 years of your life. Mm. Your life started the day you were born and the season that you're in, it matters. And as you get older and become more responsible, and as your parents begin to gradually release their grip, you are more and more having control of that steering wheel. They'll turn it over to you, but I need you to understand that it doesn't start when you're 25 or 30. If you're 15, it starts now. Living well is your responsibility to God and to yourself. God is not going to make you play a starring role in your life. You have to show up and do your part. And that applies to all of us. We have to participate in the process of who we are becoming. The Bible says in 1 Corinthians 3.16, do you not know that you are God's temple and God's spirit dwells in you? You know Jesus Christ, he's there right now. And if he's there right now, then that means the Holy Spirit is talking to you or at least hoping that you'll listen. Hmm. Ephesians 2.10, we are his workmanship created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. He's prepared the work, but you still have to do the walk. Just keep going. You're loved as you are. Yes, you have to participate in the process. But when life throws a curveball, and because life is life, at some point it will. You just keep going. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. My friend Michelle, for the first 20 years of her adult life, had no idea what she wanted to do. She worked for a grocery store. She worked for a bank. She worked for a bakery. She did deliveries. She worked in a warehouse. The only thing that she knew is that she liked traveling. She liked helping people. That's all she knew. And she kept changing jobs, you know, making another 50 cents an hour um, just to keep things interesting. In her mid-30s, she said, you know what? I should go back to school. And she tried school and didn't do so well and decided that maybe she wasn't cut out for school. But she said, I really believe that this is something God wants me to do. She got the quickest degree she could. I think she majored in anthropology because she was just trying to get the piece of paper and cross the stage, the end. But in school, one of the jobs that she got was working in a doctor's office as a receptionist. And something about helping people appealed to her. So she said, well, maybe after I get this degree, I'll see about doing something in the medical profession. Fast forward. Michelle now, um, she's closing in on 50 She's been a traveling nurse for the last 10 years. She has always known she wanted to travel. She has always known she liked helping people. And God in his timing brought those things together for her. Sometimes what we want to come together in our lives doesn't come together when we want it to. Mm. But if I can just convince you, no matter what difficulty you're facing, no matter what questions you have, to just keep going doing the best with what you have right now, to do what you can with what you have right now until God shows you something else. And as my mother has always said, until you know what to do next, keep being faithful to do what God told you to do last. Mm. The key to your journey, your life, is to start. Just do the next thing that's right in front of you. Mm -hmm. And then keep going Mm -hmm. and trust That God who created you, you, no one like you, will be faithful to complete what he started, the Bible says. You just have to show up and do what you can with what you have 
and trust that he can make up the difference. You are not the sum total of how you feel today or what you see today. You will be the sum total of what God puts together in your life. And he loves to put together someone who's in motion. Mm -hmm. Every struggle you have, even the ones you have no idea how to make your way out of, it will help you develop the strength that you need. Mm -hmm. And here's the great thing about your strength. Even when you're really weak, God's strength shows up best when we feel like we're at our weakest. So maybe the fact that life is hard, no matter what age you are, maybe the message of continuing to move forward is so that even when we feel weak, we see what happens when God shows up in his strength as we keep putting one step in front of the other. Every part of your journey is a process. The key is to start and then just keep going. Every journey takes time. So to live fully, you have to be willing to go with whatever light you have to trust the process and believe that God knows what he's doing with you. Proverbs 3, 6 says, in all your ways, acknowledge him and he will make your path straight. He's not depending on you to make your path straight. He just wants you to keep walking and he will straighten it out as you go. There are three things I tell my teenage self. You're loved just as you are. Get busy. Participate in the process. Stay awake. Your precious cargo. And then, even if you don't know where you're headed, oh my goodness, keep being faithful. Keep letting Jesus love on you while you love on him. Do your best to operate in excellence and to take the opportunities that life provides you. But in the end, just keep going and trust that for every question mark that you have, he also has an exclamation point. That's what I tell my teenage self. Mm, wow, Crystal. So good. I mean, so good. I feel like for every point that you shared, it built on the like the previous one. Yeah. And the one that just stuck out to me the most was you are loved as you are. And I feel like all of us have a different story from like our past and how like that plays into what our teenagers were like. And so I think you know, childhood feeds into teenage years, just like your teenage self feeds into your 20-year-old self or whatever. And it's funny to go back and kind of pinpoint certain things in my life where maybe I stopped believing that I was loved as I was because I was a little kid who had a lot of freckles and I had Mm. like auburn red hair and I wanted to change those things. But then I also remember vividly in kindergarten, there was this time at recess where it was like the first like pang of rejection that I Mm. felt even in a small way and it's the funniest little story like my friends and I were outside and we were playing Pocahontas because that was the thing back in the 90s and one of my friends was Pocahontas the other one was Pocahontas's little friend who wore the cool one-shouldered outfit with ponytail and I was the raccoon Mm. and I just remember it was like so sad in that moment to just feel like okay well I'm left out And I took that into my next thing where I just felt like I had to prove myself and I had to prove that I was worth it or I had to be friends or I tried to be friends with the people who I was so hungry for their acceptance. 
that I just I didn't mm-hmm. believe that the people who loved me and their opinion of me was like valuable enough. Or I, I don't think that I realized that whenever I was a kid mm-hmm. and it spilled into my teenage years where it was I just I didn't want to hear it from my mom that I was good enough. Or I didn't want to hear it from the people who I knew knew me best. I was still trying for the approval of others whenever I couldn't just be content with being loved as I was and letting myself feel loved and lived from a place of being accepted rather mm-hmm. than trying to be accepted yeah. from other people. And yeah. so I feel like if I could go back, that's one thing that I would want to just tell myself is that, Kaylee, you're just fine the way that you were. Like, yeah. you don't have to fight for the approval of other people. You don't have to try to be somebody that you're not. But you could have just been who you were. And like that mm-hmm. would have been just fine. And I don't know, that just really spoke to me because I think it was just something that I live with for a long time. And then now, all through my teenage years, now that I'm in my 20s, it's something that when it snowballs like that, you kind of have to untangle it like a piece of yarn, you know, and then it like gets into your life where if you don't live love now, then it's going to affect who you are later and how you love and lead those around you now. That's right. From a place of approval, you know? Yeah, totally. I mean, I think that's what your whole teaching, Crystal, Mm -hmm. it may be what the things I wish I could tell my teenage self, but this is certainly, Mm -hmm. oh my word, like a thousand percent applicable to anybody at any age. Mm -hmm. Like Kaylee, I wrote down here, one of my favorite things that you said, Crystal, was just because you don't feel God's love doesn't mean Mm -hmm. you aren't loved. And I think I look back on my own life. And y'all know who have been with us a long time. I have a pretty traumatic childhood and I certainly never felt loved. Mm -hmm. And when I first became a believer, that was probably one of the first things that I really tried to, and it took years for me to wrestle to the ground Mm -hmm. of like, isn't love supposed to be a feeling? Mm -hmm. Like, isn't it supposed to be a feeling that I like I've sensed somewhere in my emotions? Um, And so Crystal, I don't know if you have any wisdom to impart to this because right Mm -hmm. now I can almost guarantee you there is some sweet girl in Minnesota, who knows where she's at. And she, this is where she is. Mm -hmm. She is afraid. She is alone. She doesn't have someone in her life telling her, you are so loved and you are so treasured. And first, I want her, if you're listening to this, please know that you are. But how can she take that first step in really realizing that and in really living that way where her feelings aren't matching up with, um, what she sees in the word, but how, how do you live that out, you know? Oh, yeah. Well, two things. One is the Bible says in Romans 12 that we are transformed by the renewing of our minds. So oh. while we think that the feelings are the drivers, really the feelings are responders to how we think. And if we can change the way we think, then you might be surprised that you feel different too. Mm. So I would say to her, listen, get some scriptures Google is a great source. That's you know, right. What does God say about how he loves me? Okay. Mm. Find some scriptures that that um, speak God's love to you mm. and put them, save them on your phone, take pictures of them, screenshots, write them on three by five cards, use an Expo marker or lipstick and put it on your mirror mm-hmm. and surround yourself with the truth of what God says about you. Mm-hmm. The second thing is the Bible says in Proverbs 18 that the power of life and death is in the tongue. Mm. Often what we feel is because of what we say. And when we talk, the main person who hears us is us. That's right. So in line with renewing your mind, I would say to that point of the power and life of death being in the tongue, speak life. Mm. Don't just think about what God's word says about you. 
rehearse it with your mouth. Because if you can change what you say, you'll change what you hear. If you can change what you hear, you might change what you think. And if you can change what you think, if you can change what you think, then you might be surprised that you change how you feel. Wow, that is Whew, that's a good word right there, that Crystal. That is a good word. It's, it's funny that you said that because I had kind of forgotten about something that I did during that very formative years of my life when I first became a believer and I knew, wow, I had a past because I hadn't felt loved. I had made some mm-hmm. very poor decisions um, with men. There was all kinds of stuff there that, you know, I wish that I could erase. Mm-hmm. But as I became to really learn that, okay, they say God loves mm-hmm. me. I started, and I just remembered this, I used to write scripture on my hand or on the inside of my wrist. Mm-hmm. And I would try mm-hmm. to train myself when I had those thoughts. I had a terrible habit of saying, and I would say it out loud. It was like, I would say it when I was driving. I, I don't know where I picked it up along the way, but I would literally say out loud, Meredith, you're so stupid. Yep. Or like, ah, oh, you're so stupid. And I had to train myself to catch myself in those moments where I would say that, and I would look at the scripture on my hand mm-hmm. to say, nope, that's not true. Mm-hmm. Like, the, the Bible says I'm fearfully and wonderfully made. Mm-hmm. You know, like all the different scriptures that I, I memorized during that season mm-hmm. to try to retrain my thoughts. So, wow, sweet girl uh, in Minnesota. I hope, write that scripture <laughs> down, memorize it, yes. store it away in your heart. Yes. So yes, good. Yes. So good. So good. And find people in your life who love you for who you are and let them be the ones to speak life over you. Mm-hmm. But most importantly, let God be the one to like reinforce how much you were loved. Crystal, thank you so much for sharing this teaching with us and for the fresh perspective that you gave us and anyone who's listening Mm -hmm. um, that we can apply to our life in any season. So as we wrap up today, we want to share a couple of things that might be helpful for you first. um, Like we mentioned earlier, Crystal is one of our writers at Proverbs 31 Ministries, and she shares biblical truth with our encouragement for today, daily devotions. And so if you go and you can go to our website and subscribe today at Proverbs31.org and click read and then devotions. Um, Crystal always drops some truth bombs on the devotions. And so I feel like that's a really great resource if you're looking for some encouragement um, in your life right now. The second thing I want to point people to is our website, resource library. And Mm -hmm. so we have several um, like downloadable things that you can print and save to your phone or either, um, I don't know, share with a friend who might be going through something. But we've got resources like Untangling Hurt from Your Heart, um, Five Days of Believing God Can Use You, Overcoming the Lives That Are Making You Feel Left Out and Lonely. All those things are available at Proverbs31.org. If you just search our resource library, they're free. And so I just want to equip people with something that they can use, you know, if they definitely need a next step, you know, to take with what they've learned today. Absolutely. And if you want to hear more from Crystal, you guys, she has a book out called She's Still There. Incredible book, great resource Mm -hmm. um, that I think would bolster this message in your heart, if that's Mm -hmm. the right word to use. I don't know if that's the right word, but I'm going to go with it. Um, Also, if you have a good word, (laughs) (laughs) if you have a teenager and you want a resource to help them navigate these tricky years, my word, they're so tricky Mm -hmm. and so fragile. Crystal has another book, Show Up for Your Life. It's both of them are Mm -hmm. available at the P31 bookstore. Go to p31bookstore.com to pick Mm -hmm. those up. And thank you all for joining us today. We pray today's message helps you know the truth of God's word and live that truth out because we know that when you do, it really will change everything. We'll see you guys next time. 